0: All right. I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in. Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital is the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So, Mr. Davis, let's
1: jump into some Google and Apple and talk for a while. We got a lot planned. Start off with... Google is asking regulators in the European Union to force Apple into allowing the iMessage system to work across all platforms.
0: Yes. So European regulators are already asking this question. They are investigating whether Apple should be required to comply with the Digital Markets Act which would force iMessage to seamlessly be compatible with all other messaging platforms. And Google just said, oh, yes, we agree. They should have to do that.
1: And, you know, Apple is saying, oh, we're not that big of a deal. We're, it's just iMessage. It's not like you really need to worry about us. It's just us little low guys over here. Except for the fact that one point three billion people have iMessage compared to two point four billion who have WhatsApp. 1.3 billion sounds like a big number to me.
0: Yeah. The the Digital Markets Act defines gate, gatekeepers as large online platforms that provide an important gateway between business users and consumers. And so Apple saying, Oh, we're not an important gateway because our size is so small relative to other platforms. Whenever you're more than 50% of your largest competitor, you're large. If you'd have been 5% of your largest competitor, maybe, but 50%? No, Apple, that's, that stinks. That Your argument stinks. It's going to be fascinating to have Europe once again save us.
1: The Commission will let us know sometime between now and February what their decision is going to be. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is wanting to require non-bank financial companies that handle more than 5 million transactions per year To follow the same rules as the big giant lenders, such as big banks.
0: Yeah, this is fascinating. And it's, you know what, it really is interesting, the difference between what Europe regulates and what America regulates. The reason that this Washington Bureau is able to go after them is because this is fundamentally a financial regulation institution. It is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and they... Or have oversight over banks. And so, what they're saying is that because Apple Pay and Google Pay have more than 5 million yearly transactions, I'm going to guess it's way more than 5 million yearly transactions, they're going to have to start following rules like those other apps have to follow.
1: This is going to crack down on Apple and Google because they see big ways to make money doing all these transactions. And Without any regulation, without any oversight, hey, let's
0: go. And so just to put this in perspective, the director of the CFPB, Rohit Chopra, said last month that he believes the U.S. payment system is careening towards a Chinese-style system where big tech companies are blurring traditional lines as they move into finance. They are threatening the separation between banking, money, and payments. And so this is the point. We want our tech companies to be tech companies, not banks. We want our banks to be separate entities. We want them to work together, but we want each of them to be doing separate things and there to be something that happens, but a barrier between these institutions so that they all are all firmly distinct from each other. That is the future we are trying to work towards.
1: Yes, they definitely are trying to get away from trafficking fraud and finding ways to restrict how payments are harvested and how people monetize Americans' data. So here's a small agency that's swerving into the data protection by trying to protect people's money and how money, trying to protect how these big entities collect the data of how you use
0: your money. That is exactly what's going to happen. It's, again, such a fascinating dichotomy between America and Europe on that.
1: Moving along away from Apple and Google, but kind of in the same world, it appears that Subaru and Kia have disabled some wireless features in the states of Massachusetts, and Maine could be next. This
0: is an incredible move on their part, but not the good kind of incredible they have preemptively disabled wireless features on their own vehicles because they're upset about new laws that have been passed in those states.
1: This is really causing problems. Subaru dealerships in the Boston area, they're losing potential customers because they're having to tell people up front, hey, some of these features that you really like and that you want have been disabled by the car manufacturer.
0: One of them is the option to remotely start the car and fire up the heater. You know, in Baton Rouge, that's not really a big deal. But in Massachusetts, that is a selling point.
1: The problem becomes that Subaru and, and Kia, they're disabling these technologies because it's they don't want the cars to be able to wirelessly call any repair shop. That's not an authorized dealer, and say, hey, here's a problem with the vehicle. I need to schedule an appointment, come in and get this fixed. The states of Massachusetts, this went to the ballot and Massachusetts, approved it by and in Mass in, in Maine, it was approved by and voted. I mean, it's massive the amounts of people who want their vehicles to be able to do this, but the car dealerships do have. Some sort of a legitimate argument.
0: It is. This is new. This is a new technology that would have to be developed in order to create secure communications between the vehicle and between potential repair shops. So this isn't just an easy flip of a switch that in order to build these communication technologies, because right now. The car just sends a message only back to your dealer. And this is underneath the oh a larger umbrella of right to repair and the idea that you should be able to get your you know, thing that you own fixed anywhere. And it's not just at the, the company that sold it to you. That's the motivation behind these laws. And so what these car companies are saying is fine, we're just going to turn all of this off rather than you know, work to comply rather than try to do something to maybe figure out a possible solution. We're just going to turn off features that we have already built, that are already installed. And we're gonna to say, too bad, so sad. If, if you wanna go buy a different car, it is worth the amount of money that we are losing on this sale. So the car company's opposition
1: is that these vehicles are creating a tremendous amount of data. And the data is being, they're trying to prevent this data from just being spewed anywhere so that anybody can go grab this data and do what they ever want with it. Not just your maintenance warnings or emergency support, but your text messages and the music that you listen to and the phone calls that you make and receive. These are all things that are being recorded by your your vehicle. And these car companies are saying, wait a minute, your data is your data. You need some kind of control over this. And right now it doesn't look like these laws are going to protect your data.
0: Yeah, that's their argument is that, you know, they're worried about the security of the communications connections and who really will be able to have access to it. This is, you know, a problem which needs to be thought about more and that you have you know, this new type of device, basically, that we've said in the past that your cars are now closer to computers with wheels. We have a lot of security protocols set up around how this communication happens. And so this would require some level of thinking, this would require coordination, this would require establishment of standards and protocols. But That is the direction that we should be moving in, is the creation and establishment of those standards and protocols. Because these features are benefits for consumers. These features make our lives better. And the fact that these companies can go in and say, oh, things, you know, because if you already had your car, let's say you bought your Subaru two years ago, and Subaru's come back and said, actually – We're going to just remove this from you. This might have been one of the reasons why you bought this car. We're just disabling it. That's too bad, so sad. That's really strange. Or it's not strange. It sucks that they can just pull the plug on things that you like about your vehicle because they no longer like them.
1: Well, what happens if you leave Massachusetts and you go to Connecticut or New Hampshire? Does those features get turned back on now?
0: That's a great question. And there might be some geolocation in there. I don't know. And I think that really goes to show why all this is going to be incredibly difficult is because in the U.S. our political borders are pretty arbitrary and that you have a lot of people who travel back and forth across state lines on a daily basis or maybe even a weekly or monthly basis, but most certainly often enough for it to matter. And so, yeah, what's going to happen for those people? Are they going to be able to, if they live on one side of the state line, turn on their heater as they're approaching their car on their way to work, but not on the way home? Is that really the solution that you want here? You know, that doesn't feel like you've really won this battle, Subaru or Kia. It just is going to serve to infuriate your customers.
1: Which is just going to extend this whole ongoing battle between car manufacturers and the legal system. And for those of you who've been listening for any length of time, we are not lawyers and we're not trying to make this show about laws in any kind of way. But so much of what has been happening with the technology space has been intersecting with laws of late. It's kind of hard not to talk about them. And so in the state of Washington, there's been five class action lawsuits brought about against Honda, Toyota, Volkswagen, and General Motors, each facing separate but somewhat related incidents about what happens with the data that your car is harvesting. When when your car, again, is reading all of your text messages knows reads who you're or who you're what phone calls you were making and receiving because it's all going through that infotainment system that used to just be a AM FM radio now is a really intricate computer this is becoming a bigger and bigger problem
0: and that's the thing is that this lawsuit was users saying that it was a privacy violation so what happened was is that the Honda infotainment system was intercepting, recording, and downloading copies of the text messages into non-temporary computer memory in such a way that the vehicle owner could not access it or delete it. Even if the text message is deleted from the smartphone or even if the smartphone is disconnected, those texts are still stored in onboard memory and then copies of those text messages and call logs can be retrieved by unauthorized users of the equipment without any sort of passwords, fingerprints, face images, or other security measures. Meaning that even if you have security messages, security features on your phone to help put up privacy restrictions around your data, once it moves across the car, It is completely out in the open, and anyone can get to it, and you have no right to privacy for your data. Because let's
1: say you kept that car for two years and then sold it. Now somebody else has that car, and they have access to all of your data. For two years of what you would have been doing with your smartphone in your car, now somebody has complete access to it.
0: And it's, it's not just Honda, as he pointed out. It is Honda, Toyota, Volkswagen, GM. All of these cars have just giant computers on them and they are completely unregulated. And we talked about it a few weeks ago the story from Mozilla, wherever Mozilla looked at these devices and said, oh my God, this is. Horrendous. This is just absolutely atrocious how much data that they are stealing from you and storing completely unsecured. But because we haven't really thought yet about cars as computers, it goes unnoticed. We say, oh look, it's just Google Maps, and occasionally I see an ad for you know Starbucks or Taco Bell as I'm driving around. It's not a big deal, but it is, it's such a big deal
1: not only are we not thinking about our data, but we're not thinking about the way that our information is transmitted out of these vehicles. When you can have a car manufacturer remote into your vehicle, especially if it's an EV, and arbitrarily change the range of how far your EV can go because there's a storm coming. So instead of making you pull over every 200 miles to recharge, We'll let you go 600 miles to get away from that hurricane. Well, that's a pretty powerful feature that these car manufacturers have that they can just remote in because you don't have a firewall on your vehicle. And anybody with a USB drive who can get underneath your dash can pull everything and anything out of there. These are serious data concerns.
0: There is a lot of work that needs to go into thinking about cybersecurity in vehicles. And a lot of the reason that we haven't seen progress on it is one, it is difficult, but two, the companies don't want to make progress, that this is just a brand new river of revenue for them that they really didn't have to do a whole lot, that they just license Apple CarPlay or they license Android Auto, and all of a sudden they have this treasure trove of data flowing in from users and it's just free for them. And so why would they want to put in protections whenever they're going to profit tremendously from all of this information that they now have access to?
1: So the next time you hop into a rental car because you're on vacation and you connect your phone via Bluetooth because you want that capabilities, just think about the information you're leaving behind for the next person who gets in your car and wants to see all of your information. Or let's just say you're a business owner, you're an elected official with a lot of security clearances, and you've been riding around in your car using your phone, and now you're ready to sell this vehicle. All of that data is now going with the car, not staying with you.
0: That's a fantastic point that I hadn't even considered, is that you have your own vehicles that you resell, and you have rental vehicles. I'm certain that elected officials have driven around in rental vehicles. They are people, too. And so how many of those communications that came across their phone, which they thought were secure, I would be terrified to know the answer to that question.
1: Because this isn't even, hey, here's I'm, I need to plug my my phone in to, to charge it as I'm driving across town – it just Bluetooth grabs the signal and starts communicating. And oh look, I can pull up my 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 Waze, my Google Maps as I'm driving across town to tell me where I'm trying to go, not use the onboard system from the from the car. Well, maybe that's not really a good
0: idea. Yeah. I, I wanna have my Spotify. I wanna have my map. I don't wanna have the map that was put in 2014 when the car was made. I want something a little bit more updated. Yeah, because if you haven't been briefed about all these security issues, you wouldn't know that these are problems. You would just think this is totally fine. You know, all of this data stops right here at this car and doesn't go anywhere. Nope, <laughs> it does. It does not stop the car and it does keep going.
1: Well, let me pull over and, and take this call. Oh, I've got to send a couple of quick messages. Uh, here's an email from a very, oh, this is, this is really important. I need to send this real quick. Oh, just receive. All that information is transmitting through the vehicle and being stored in the vehicle. So when we talk about data privacy and data protection, this is why this is becoming more and more important every single day. And we wanna thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Batteries, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, We're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.